I am the best looking black man in here. <laughs> Anybody object to that truth? You are dismissed. What a privilege it is to have been invited to speak to such a group. You will never know how much I respect what takes place here at Gateway. Now, I, I'm grateful for the chairs we got. Listen, we replaced the chairs down in our basement and in our sanctuary up in the choir stand, and they feel a whole lot better on, with us on them than they did when you were on them. So you have it. <laughs> All too many breakfasts, everybody's expanding. <laughs> and I said that to say this. Do not take for granted what God is doing at Gateway. Don't take it for granted. Because little do you know how the tentacles of Gateway are. A blessing, so many. It's one thing to come up here and say, will you give, will you give, because I see a lot of rich folk in here. I'm going to take off the offering when I get to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about the money. It's about the many, the men. It's about the many men that come together with one agenda, because I'm looking around here, we got everything in this group. You got pilots, you got you got everything in this group. But you know the one thing that you have that's the most important? You had a master. Everybody here comes together. You don't come to look at each other because I'm seeing I'm the best looking thing in here. <laughs> that's not why we come together here. We come together because Getwell has opened up, and I don't know when this started, how long it's been going on, but I know I've been coming here several years, and I think my white cousin. I don't, I don't want to put him on the spot over there, but y'all thought he was white, but he got black folk in his family. Just wave at us, cousin. <laughs> Actually, my wife, she's deceased now, and he came from the same line, Suddis. Same line. His grandfather and my wife's grandfather were related. One was a black man, and one was a white man. And when they found out they were cousins, we've been close ever since. Came from the same area, same lineage. Y'all didn't know he was related to black folks. <clears throat> now you know. Now I, uh, I wanted to share how important this group is so that you need not ever worry about what God is doing through this group. So when you have the leadership at this, at this pastor at this church, and when you support this ministry, you are doing what God has ordained. It's bigger than anybody in here, and I'm looking at some tall timber. When you pray, if you notice, and I have to give Marvin credit, Marvin is he needs to be working for the federal government. He takes better, more meticulous notes than some other recorders. But if you notice how he tracks the prayers and the prayers that are answered, it ought to give you an indication of the power of this group. 
Now, all I'm saying to you is this. It does, notwithstanding the fact that I'm the best looking guy in here, <clears throat> I'm the best looking black guy, that's one thing I can say for truthfully. Uh, please don't take for granted the power that's in this group. And your power is in prayer. When you pray, some things happen. Track it and keep up with it. Now, I've said that, and let me, let me hasten to talk about something that is, I think, uh, important. You know, when a black man get up before all these white folks, he ought to be talking about slavery and how you mistreated us and, and how we needed the, uh, you know, I could go through all that stuff. No, 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 no. Why should we rehearse that kind of history when we got one that's much richer? And so I want to call your attention to Joshua. Everybody's familiar with Joshua. Joshua was the one that was appointed by God himself to succeed Moses. He told Moses, Joshua is my choice. I, he must increase, you must decrease because you did not honor me. Moses didn't honor God. No, God told him to do something. He did something he wanted to do, so he was down. Joshua was up. So Joshua is an interesting study. In Joshua chapter 7, verse 13, it says, get up, consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, there are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. Now, devoted things just mean accursed. So let's go back and look at this history. When you just come off of a major victory, like Jericho, you can get beside yourself. The truth of the matter is, they did nothing. God did it all. All they had to do was march around. Then on the last day, shout, the walls came tumbling down. They did nothing. There was nobody with a spear, nobody with a gun, nobody. They, they did nothing. So how can they get their chest stuck out, their head swollen up over a victory at Jericho that was given to them? So God said, because how many know God wants the first of everything? And the only reason he wants the first is because he's first. We go back to Genesis 1.1. He says, in the beginning was God. Now listen, I'm black. And y'all white, y'all got to be more black today. <laughs> in my church, we talk, all right? Okay. I, you fill in the blanks. In the beginning was, so he first, right? Yeah. So what he demanded, even at the 10th plague that he gave, he demanded the firstborn. There's a reason for it, but theologically, we're not going to get into that. 
you know. He's first. He demands what is first. Whatever is first belongs to God. So here they were. Coming out of a victory at Jericho. And now they're at Ai. Now when you're at Jericho and you see this tremendous victory, you had a tendency to get a swollen head and a big ego. And then you go to a little small town like Ai. And that little small town whoops your behind. And then, in this Moses fashion, Joshua goes back to the God and blames him for it. And the Lord said, get up. Which is kind of redundant because that's the same thing he told Moses when they was getting ready to cross the sea. Uh, why are you calling out? Why are you praying to me? Shut up. Get, do what you're supposed to do. He said, get up. Consecrate the people. So what I want to just share with you quickly today is about these calls and cures when we have setbacks. When we have setbacks, we can't blame it on God. It's something in the camp. And I know we got some setbacks. We got some failures among the faithful here. Look at America. If anybody here think America is still great, is something wrong with your vision or your brain? America was great. This is why the whole Trump campaign says, make America great what? Again. Make God great always. That's the campaign you need to be behind. And so we got these setbacks. We, we, are, we are like AI. So here they was. They, they, they got these failures among the faithful. They take place often. They take place optimally. And they take place ultimately when you are not in line with God's word. And so far, the people of God, they've been victorious. They crossed the Jordan. They, they, they entered the land. They're dealing with God at Gilgal. And they're taking the city of Jericho. They got all of these things. You know, we have uh, come through World War I. We've been victorious in World War II. And we're struggling in every other war. Why? Why is it that the greatest nation on the earth militarily has a failure in battle. That just doesn't make sense. It makes sense, though, when you recognize that you can't be great unless you have a great God. The problem in America is we're God. Let me say that again because somebody looking at me strange. The problem in America is we have become godless. Now go put that on a placard and run for office on that and see how far you go. <laughs> so the seventh chapter opens with this ominous word. But the children of Israel 
committed a trespass. It wasn't the whole. It wasn't everybody. It was just one person. Action did it. So why would God hold the whole nation, the whole group responsible for what one did? Did you know that one person can mess up your whole? My mother was fixing some oxtail soup. Anybody ever had any oxtail soup? <laughs> and so I'm in the kitchen helping mother, trying to learn how to cook. And you know, all this granulated white stuff, it all looked the same to me. I can't tell the difference between sugar and salt when it's, you know, you ain't got it in a label and you ain't got it in a bag. And mom told me, okay, I want you to put some salt, just a tablespoonful in here. Well, I put sugar. It looked the same to me. But you know what? The results was a whole lot different from mama's usual. If you don't put the right ingredients in, you won't get the same results. So here we are. They got this defeat at AI. They go up. Oh, Lord, we don't need all of these guys. You know, this is such a small town, and we can just go ahead and do uh, this thing. Just give us uh, 3,000. Now, I want you to remember that number for a reason, because I'm going to tell you how smart God is. So the 3,000 goes up. And they get their tail whooped. Does that sound familiar? What victory has our armed forces claimed since World War II? You count them. And you write them down. And you call the Washington Post and others. And you declare to them what is historically incorrect. Because everybody else that's looking at it recognizes that America has not had <coughs> a real military victory since World War II. Not against our enemies. Now, we might go and fight somebody else's enemies, but our enemies, we have not had a victory since World War II. And we got some military guys in here. They ought to be able to tell you the truth that sometimes we go into battle and we are ashamed because we come back with our tails tucked between our legs because we didn't have an outright victory that America ought to be having. So here they go. They got these 3,000 and they come back. The guys ran them down, ran over them, just defeated them so terrible. And what did Joshua do? He went and blamed the Lord. Lord. You're supposed to be taking care of us. Lord, you're supposed to be, and that's what we blame. We blame everybody but ourselves when we don't have the victories that we ought to be claiming for ourselves. I'm trying to not stay too long. So here's the problem. The first problem with this 3,000 was in Israel was self-confidence. 
You know, when you got confidence in self, when you got more confidence in the flesh, when you got more confidence in what you can accomplish and what you can do, and all you can do is I, 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 that's ego. And ego means edging God out. So here they were comparing the defeat at Jericho, which was large, to the assumption of victory at Ai, which was small, and they put it all in their confidence. Yep, we don't need the whole army, just send 3,000, go up there and defeat them. Yeah, went up there and got the butt whooped. See, small things can mess you up with all this arrogance and ego. So Israel did not capture Jericho. They only walked and shouted, and, and they weren't the ones. Quit trying to take God's power and God's victories and attribute it to yourself. You can't win nothing without God. You can't even take a breath if God doesn't give it to you. You can't do nothing without God. But you know what we need to remember? Without God, we can do nothing. But with God, all things are. All right, y'all getting too white on me in here. <laughs> with God, all things are possible. So that victory that you experienced yesterday does not give you power today. Yesterday is gone. Today is here. And tomorrow may not even get here. Yesterday, that's a check you already cashed. Tomorrow, that's a promissory note. Today is all the cash that you have. So in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. That was the first thing they made the mistake on. The second thing was neglect of prayer. What I like about this group is y'all believe in prayer. Y'all pray before you eat. Then you pray after you eat. And some of y'all praying that he'll hurry up and get through now. <laughs> Glory to God. They neglected prayer. How can you be God's chosen? How can you be God's select? How can you be God's elect and not pray? If you don't pray, you can't hear from God. And God will not hear from you. Let me say that again. If you don't pray, you will not hear from God. Prayer is communication between you and God. Unless you got somebody that likes to use their big words and say, mm, that, then that communication is between them and the devil. We don't even call that prayer. We call that something else. But prayer is between you and God. First and foremost. So if you neglect prayer, you are saying, God, I don't need you. I can make it without you. I got, I got everything it takes. So they neglected prayer. Joshua never consulted with God. He did not go back to Gilgal. Pray when you have victory. 
or plead in defeat. Pray and you will have victory. God said, why lie thou now on your face? Pray to present, prevent, prepare, and power up. Prayer rewards us with God's counsel. Prayer replenishes us with God's power. Prayer replaces self with a savior. Prayer reveals the accursed thing that's in us and among us that keeps us from having the victory that God declares we ought to have. Prayer. So if this group does anything else, quit bragging about who can fly a plane and who has the most money and who's been to some place and who has that. Quit bragging. Because everything you got, God gave it to you. And everything God gave to you, he can take it back. Oh, some of y'all looking right and strange. I've got my, no, you don't have anything. God can just stop your breath for one minute. He can stop your heart from pumping blood one minute. Tomorrow, I've got to go and bury and have and funeralize the second woman in my life that I loved. My first one, I had to bury her. In 2017, we were together 39 years, married, and 41 years together as a couple. And now I've got to bury it in the morning. The woman that was the first love of my life fell in love with her in the 11th grade. And since I was going to the FBI, she said, you going to Washington? I said, yeah, will you marry me? She said, uh... You want me to go to Washington, D.C. with you? I said, yeah. She said, uh, how are we going to get there? I said, I don't know yet. She said, where are you going to stay when you get there? I said, I don't know yet. I said, will you marry me? She said, I don't know yet. <laughs> so fast forward, we've had five wonderful years together. And now I've got to go and preach her funeral tomorrow morning. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that don't get so comfortable with things that God blesses you with that you do not attribute to God those blessings. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be name of the Lord. And let me, let me hasten to a, to a close here. Let's talk about disobedience. God told Joshua that somebody has sinned. Now, one person can sin and affect the whole church. No believer can grow cold without lowering the temperature of the whole church. Victory in the church equals victory in each member of the church. And so the witness of our church to God's glory is affected by the testimony of everybody. And the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace are the testimony of victory in the house of God. So cause equals self-confidence, no prayer, disobedience. And the cure is Confession. Look at what he said when they finally 
went through the process of eliminating those who had not participated in this gross disobedience. He had to confess it. And this is what his confession was. He said, I saw, that's coveting. I took, that's the lust of the eyes, flesh, pride of life. He said, I saw these things and I took it. And what did he take? A robe, gold, and silver. And he buried it. How many of us are burying things that belong to God? Might not be material things, spiritual things. How many are putting something above our prayer life, our prayer time? And listen, if you've got a prayer life, that means you have an appointment with God. You know what an appointment deals with? It deals with time, place, and an agenda. If you have an appointment with God, that means, okay, God, I'm going to meet you at this time, at this place. And it means that you have prepared to meet with him. I'm just praying all the time. No, you're not. You may be saying, Lord, protect me, or Lord, I'm, you can praise God all the time. But if you got prayer time with God, it's because you have an appointment with him. And you prepare for an appointment. You do it with your doctor. You do it with everybody else. So if you got an appointment with God, prepare for it. That means before you come into your prayer time, you got a time that is appointed, you got an agenda that is appointed, and you got preparation that is anointed. Listen, when you go into prayer, I don't care whether it's in the morning, in the evening, or it's late at night, prepare yourself to meet with God. You do it with everybody. You don't go see your doctor unless you prepare. That's the only time you take a shower, extra five minutes. <laughs> go. You have an appointment. They didn't have no prayer time. Didn't take no prayer time with God. And so here this man was, he's taking what belongs to God and hide it. You can't hide from God. You go and look in Samuel, it'll tell you that man looks on the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. I got three more minutes and I'll be through. But here he was, taken. So that God had to isolate and show him who it was, and look at the consequences of how you get rid of the things that mess you up with God. Take this. You took the accursed thing that was mine, and now I'm going to take everything that you took, plus those things that you consider more important than me, and I want you to stone them, burn them, get rid of them. That's the hard thing I'm leaving with you today. America has taken the accursed thing. We have taken what belongs to God and we have used it for our own lust, for our own satisfaction, for our own enjoyment. It's 
Just a few. Everybody in here is not guilty, but we all suffer the consequence of guilt by association. God holds us all accountable. If you think that a few people in Congress can mess up and the whole nation don't suffer, is something wrong with your understanding. What do we do about it? We have to get rid of the accursed person and get rid of the accursed thing. Well, why is it cursed? Because God said it's mine. That's what happened with abortion. They, 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 children belong to, the, to God. How can we go and destroy children? Back in the days, they were destroying hundreds. We come up with destroying thousands. And you think God is going to please that, that you can get away with that? No. And now we've got laws that have changed. So now abortion is being banned. But you know what else we got to answer for? The ones that are not aborted. What are you doing with them? Ignoring them? Not feeding them? Not educating them? And they're running wild in the streets? And you're saying those people, them over there, they move? No. We're all in this thing to, together. So I know I'm out of time, so I'm going to just stop right there, but I'm just telling you that the accursed thing, they had to deal with it. And they had to deal with it in the way that God said. God said, get rid of it. God said, get rid of the accursed thing. Now, you've got to identify what's stopping us from being in God's favorite place. We used to be but then we used to have prayer in schools. We used to have Bibles and Ten Commandments in the courthouse. We used to have a lot of things that were godly. We had a whole lot of things that was ungodly. But God looks at the things that are godly. Do you know that we can have 10 people in a city like Sodom and Gomorrah and save that wicked place? Look at what's saving America. It's the Few that are faithful. It's the only thing that's keeping America safe right now. It's not our military. We have already demonstrated that the military can't save us. Well, what is it? Our money? No. We challenge now economically. Look at the prices keep going up, going up. Do you know just a few years ago you could buy a house with interest rates at 3% now? And look, you can't depend on the economy, but you can depend on God. Amen. What's wrong with America? The accursed thing is among us. What is the accursed thing? Turning our heads away from God. Disobedience, disrespect, derelict, that's what's wrong. So men of get well, thank you for listening to my rattling, my rattling, and thank you for being here because I am the best looking black guy in the group. <laughs> <laughs>